to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. All right, welcome everybody to the Gym Podcast. It's your host, Randy. And before I introduce Jimbo, I have to point out we are rebranding temporarily for this week. We are now the Jim Harbaugh Gym Podcast for one week. The Harbaughcast, yeah. <laughs> the Harbaugh Gym Gym Bot. This, this is officially a Michigan podcast. Let's make that very clear. Uh, that said, I'm your host, Jimbo Fisher, and joining us today is a very special guest. You may remember him last week during Rivalry Week when he had a fantastic submission regarding West Virginia. The one, the only, <laughs> Saxo Steve. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Saxo, right, poetic. I, I gotta say, we, we need to talk about that submission last week. That that was poetic. Like, you realize how profound uh, your was, speech was, uh, right? <laughs> that was the second best one, right, after uh, Adrian's His was pretty poetic, good. Oh, yeah, Maryland no bad. I, I loved it. I, I loved felt kind of bad listening to yours, actually, because I, I realized through all this, like, conference realignment stuff, you're a victim. You're a victim. You're a dead rival. Yeah, we – God, it's been since 2011, yeah, that since we've played Pitt. We play them next year, though, week one. Uh, we got Virginia Tech back on the schedule this year, first time since 2005 that it wasn't at a neutral site. We had one at FedEx Field. Good back Lord. in uh, 17. So you hold on, you have a week one rivalry game, like a big week one rivalry game. Yes, the rivalry game. That's actually, brawl. That's going to be awesome to watch. I can't wait for that already. I I hope it's game day. It, it's got to be. I don't know what else, what those big neutral sites are. I don't know where Alabama's going. Uh, this, yeah, it's always, man, it's always neutral site games these days, like in week one. You know what I mean? I hope they don't. I don't even know who we play in a neutral site to start off next year, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's at Pittsburgh, and then week four we have at Virginia Tech as well. So wow. two rivals next year. There you go. That's good. All right, are y'all are you guys ready to uh, recap the a wonderful, exciting rivalry week? Oh, well, I suppose we could recap some of the games here. Um, I guess we could just start out with the biggest game of the week, if that's okay with you guys. Of course, talking. What was about the biggest game of the week? Michigan shocking the world and upsetting Ohio State. Um. Well, the craziest part to me about this entire game was that it didn't feel like a fluke. Like, it felt like Michigan was actually the better team at the end of 60 minutes, which I was not expecting. I thought if Michigan was going to win, it was going to be a close, like, bit of luck on oh, their hold side. On, right? Hold on, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. Please. I remember you saying, you used, you used the phrase, it is physically impossible for Ohio State <laughs> to lose this game. I remember you saying that. I'm holding you to that. It's true. I said a lot of things. And I, I, if you were following me during the game, I was flip-flopping back and forth constantly over who was going to win this one. Uh, listen, I was shocked just as much as anyone that this happened. I didn't think they'd do it. Like, I kind of thought they would, but like in my mind, I didn't think Michigan had it in them. But they found a way, and I was super impressed by them, I got to say. They looked really good. Harbaugh did a good job. I, I feel like I like the way Harbaugh has built Michigan. I know him and Saban beefed over the satellite camp thing. And that kind of annoyed me, but I do respect Harbaugh for the way he's built Michigan. Granted, he did start ten and two his first year, but I just I respect. Okay, so the way I feel like there's a blueprint to be successful in coaching nowadays, and I think it's important to raise the floor before you try to hit the ceiling. And I think Harbaugh made sure he did that. He knew what his quarterback situation was. He knew what he had. He knew what he didn't have. So he was more than willing to put together pieces of a program, at least in the short term to ensure eight to ten wins, and then after he was a little more stable, try to hit the ceiling. And I think that's really important. I think that's ultimately where he got when he beat Ohio State. And I think it's encapsulated by the quote he made after the game where he said, some people start on third base and think they hit a triple. And he was obviously referring to Ryan Day with that. Of course. So, Steve, your thoughts on this? I'm assuming you watched the game. Oh, yes. I uh, I have the joy of living in Ohio, so... I went out and watched it surrounded by Ohio State fans, and uh, they were not happy. Oh, man. I didn't know that. <laughs> just, yeah, just pure physical domination, though. Uh, what is it? It's year seven for Harbaugh, correct? Uh, six, I think. Six or seven. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been there for a while, though. Well, yeah. Been there for a while. He, uh, as, as a West Virginia fan, we're on year three of Neil Brown, and you can tell – Right now, we're a quarterback away, essentially, from really being a pretty good team. And it feels like 
feels almost like a Michigan where we're just doing enough, making bowls, mm-hmm. beating most of the teams we need to beat. Uh, we can't beat Oklahoma, <laughs> just like Michigan can't beat Ohio State. And until, until it happens. Until finally until it happens. happens. Yeah. And it wasn't just well, the quarterback, importantly... though. I was going to say real quick, it wasn't just the quarterback play. What, what shocked me the most, man, is that Michigan beat Ohio State on the ground. I saw they had they had 297 yards rushing, Michigan did, versus Ohio yeah. State 64. Like, that's nuts. Like, you're going to win games that you put up almost 300 yards rushing. Like, and that's the thing. Look, it's I feel like that's why also Ohio State fans were probably really mad and upset. It's it's one thing to lose because of, like, great play, great crazy plays happen. It's another thing to just completely feel like you got dominated the entire game. Yeah, because they were. It's just a, it's a bad feeling. Yes, the uh, the trenches. You gotta gotta win in the trenches. That's that's a cliche, but it's a it's a cliche for a reason. It is. You just hey, hey, have to do it. You northern fans love to talk about how you're so used to the snow. Whoa. You think the snow affected? It you did. think the snow affected well, no, the gameplay? No, I was ta- I was talking to Randy about this before the game as well. And it's with the snow, dude. Like the reason the Big Ten team Big Ten teams are generally built for the run is because when it is cold and it's late November, it's so much harder to throw the ball. It's so much harder to catch the ball, right? Like, it's it's much easier to run the ball when it's actually snowing out. And Michigan is built for that type of environment way more than Ohio State is. So I wasn't too surprised in, in that regard. But it, I think it just happened to be that, like, Michigan could have chosen to throw the ball a lot more and really commit to the quarterback play. But they knew that it'd be way more advantageous to just run the ball, pound, you know, kill the clock, and just dominate time of possession in that regard. All joking aside... I, I thought the snow would be some type of equalizer. I just didn't think it would be to that extreme of a degree, especially when you consider the whole, like, I know transitive property doesn't work in sports, and I'm going to say something about <laughs> something else about that in just a second. You already know where I'm going with that. I about this. <laughs> and, and if you remember, Michigan State lost to Ohio State. It was 49-0 to at the half. Yep. Michigan State beat Michigan, but then Michigan beats Ohio State. I mean, what, what sense does that make? I, want, I just like to bring that up. Because I'm seeing a lot of Georgia fans bring up the Arkansas game. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> anyway, but not, but hey, conveniently not the Tennessee game. Conveniently, of course. Which we beat them by more points. Anyway, so no, hats off to I Michigan. Guess, I gotta say. Yeah, I thought CJ Spr- CJ Stroud really did not play well either. Felt like he was just missing throws. Yeah, and I again, and, I think the cold plays a pretty big role in that, though. Yeah, and also was uh, they played. Penn State in Columbus, right? I want to say yes. That, was that his first big road game? Um, I'm not sure. Let's try. They played, yeah. They played. They played Penn State in, in Columbus. They also played Oregon in Columbus. Oh, yeah. His first big road game, yeah, it was Michigan. I'm looking at their schedule, and I mean, they played at Nebraska, but <laughs> that's Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Michigan was their first big road game. Oh, it wasn't at Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Adrian. Well, oh man. But yeah, I mean that. I mean the big house looks scary, dude. I gotta say that place was just rocking that entire game. That must have been like the most fun game to ever be at for a Michigan fan. I mean they were just having the time of their life. It looked like and well deserved. I gotta say because for as much as I've been trash talking Michigan this year and their fans specifically, I was very happy for them in this regard because it had been like ten years or something ridiculous since they'd beaten Ohio State, and to do it on this stage in this you know, context in this fashion just has to be incredible. So I'm very happy for them. We will. I'm ready to let's go ahead and talk about the iron bowl. Probably the second most watched game of the weekend. Yeah. And then after that, we can probably go through the, uh, starting with the Thursday, Friday games. We want to quickly talk about. Sure. But I do want to give my little iron bowl spiel since please give the spiel. Randy. (laughs) Here's the thing. I, we played pretty bad in a lot of ways. But I want to give props to our defense. Our defense, they had 15 tackle for losses in the, in the game, and that's just insane. There was a point where Auburn had the ball first and 10, up seven, with a minute 56 left, left, and they still lost. They had a 99.8% win yep. chance at I one know. point in the game. I know. It was third and one, and all they had to do was get one yard, and then they would be able to kneel it out. Instead, they had a loss of three. There was one point where it was what? It was it was third down. They were on the 25-yard line, and all they had to do was make a field goal to make it two scores late in the fourth quarter, and we got an 11-yard sack. 
Like, I have to give major props to our defense for doing what they did. And Auburn's defense, there's no excuse really for what happened other than horrible offensive line play and our best receiver getting ejected in the first quarter as much as it was deserved. But their defense did play out of their mind. Um, McCreary, they have a DB named McCreary. I don't know his first name, but he played great. And we kept throwing to him for some reason. And also, I think it's TD Moultrie and one of the other defensive linemen. He's really good. Their defense is not to be slept on. People need to remember that Auburn still has the 14th highest talent composite in the country, and we're their rival. So they can bring it. They can bring it. They have the six and six, though, Randy. Six and six team. Keep that in mind. They're six and six. I think that's a little deceiving. I mean, they lost the games they lost. You have to remember the entire conference minus Vanderbilt is bowl eligible. So. I don't know, man. I just, I, I knew, I remember I was watching the end there and you, I saw that third down where they had to get one yard to win the game. And when they didn't get that, I just, I knew it was over. I knew Alabama was going to get away with it. That you mean, it's just. I also, I, I got to give big props to Bryce Young. Bryce Young was running for his life all night. His stat line's a little deceiving, 25 of 51. That includes like probably five drops and a ton of throwaways because he was getting sacked. So he, he did fine. I'm not going to say his play was perfect. There was a few decisions I wasn't the biggest fan of, but it's mostly from him being forced to play hero ball. It's just going to happen. But when it mattered the most, when we had one final drive, when we hadn't been able to move the ball the entire rest of the night and we had one drive left with a minute left, a minute 20 left, he drove it 98 yards down the field, and he threw the winning or the game-tying touchdown pass to Ja'Cory Brooks, who was a backup receiver for Jamison Williams. So a guy we haven't really seen play this season. So I just... As a Bama fan, it's a great storyline. And for the rest we're of us, we're definitely going to give this Iron Bowl a name. We haven't decided what we're going to name it yet. Do you so. usually name these things? If it's a if it's a good Iron Bowl, we do name them. They usually get names. I mean, good. they have the kick six. No, sure. We're yeah. probably going to call it the Scare at Jordan Hare. There you go. Saxo Steve, you said you missed some of the West Virginia game to uh, watch this. Your thoughts on on Bama getting away with it again? Uh, how dare they get away with it again? Uh, <laughs> hey, 10, 10 points in 60 minutes, though. If you can hold any team to that, you got to feel good. Both teams should really feel pretty good. I don't know what Auburn's going to be next year. Uh, I heard Bo Nix might be going into the portal. So maybe who knows what they're going to look like next year. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about where Auburn really is as a program in general. With Gus gone, it just feels like they're kind of in rebuild mode right now. So it's kind of hard to say exactly where their ceiling is, but we certainly know their floor is at least six and six. Um, so. It's a soft rebuild for sure. Yeah. And the thing with Auburn is, I think a lot of people don't realize that Auburn and Alabama actually really don't compete for the same recruits. We just play different styles of football, or at least we did under Gus when Gus was there. Mm-hmm. And so we never competed for the same recruits. So you never really saw a big recruiting battles. You never saw like comments like, oh, we stole this guy from Auburn or Auburn stole this guy from us because we simply went after different dudes. Sure. Um, that said, uh, before we move on to uh, championship week, any other games you saw, Saxo Steve, you wanted to comment on? I know there's a few games I want to avoid talking about personally. But <laughs> hey, you know what? West Virginia, it wasn't pretty. But they beat Kansas. They did. I just, and, you know, hey, Kansas. not everybody can beat Kansas. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Oh, man. So, hey, West Virginia 6-6. Six and six. Let's go to some crappy bowl. Bowl eligible. I don't care where. You yeah. brought up Neil Brown earlier, and I'm actually a fan of Neil Brown because I remember watching him a little bit at Troy because Troy is in Alabama. And, yeah, he put together a pretty solid Troy program. It'll be, I'll be curious to see what he can do at West Virginia. Yeah, so far we've we've gone five and seven, six and four, and now six and six. Hmm. So there you go. It'll be interesting, especially uh, no with with Texas and OU leaving though. It feels like the Big Twelve is gonna be really shaken up, and it's gonna be like an arms race to the top. So it'll be interesting to see how you know West Virginia fares in the next like five years with with the Big yeah, Twelve I changing so much. We can compete. That's uh, the hope. If this so for twenty twenty two. I know, looking ahead, our recruiting ranking is right around top 30. And for West Virginia, that's pretty good. We have maybe two D1 guys a year come out of that state. It's There's no talent, really, in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to recruit Florida. We got to recruit Ohio, Pennsylvania. 
and we're we're looking pretty good. I think us, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, UCF, if Gus can <laughs> uh, get it going there, right? I think that's pretty strong. I hope so. I, I've always liked West Virginia, just casually. I, I love their. They're, there. They're fun to watch. I love, I love the atmosphere. I love the and... logo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Neil Brown. Neil Brown is doing what I said mentioned earlier about Harbaugh. Is he's raising the floor before trying to hit the ceiling? I think that's very smart. So good for him. Good for West Virginia. And I wanted to talk about Iowa, Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. Of a co- of course, Nebraska lost by a touchdown. Of course. Um, of course, they are now three and nine, one and eight in the Big Ten, and now they are tied in point differential in conference play, despite being one and eight. They beat Northwestern so badly that all these one-score losses just evened it out for the point differential because they beat Northwestern by 49 points. So good for them, I guess. It's crazy. I think like it's the 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 Nebraska fan base. It seems is very weirdly optimistic despite being three and nine. Um, And I oddly can't blame them, but like it's a double-edged sword, right? Like on one hand, yes, they're they're keeping all these games close. On the other hand, they're not winning them. So, like, where do you draw the line? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how much longer can they go on just barely losing, right? At some point, that becomes unacceptable. We're not there yet, but give it a couple more years. I think Frost could be uh, out the door if he, if he can't actually pull together a winning season sooner or later. I think well, next year is his last year to prove he can pull it together. Make a break, sure. yeah. Honestly, I don't think Scott Frost should go into week one if he does not have a special teams coach. <laughs> oh yeah, their special teams lost them so many games. I know specifically yeah, they, the Oklahoma game. Yeah, we had a kickoff uh, return for. Uh, yeah, when we played <laughs> yes, Nebraska, we had a we had a kickoff. The first kickoff, we had a touchdown against them, and that ended up like being the deciding factor of the game. Yeah, but, they gave up a punt return against Michigan State. Oof. Uh, Illinois, they lost by eight. But if you'll recall, way back in week zero, the <laughs> the punt returner in the end zone threw the ball forward for Nebraska. That was the first points of 2021. <laughs> I remember that. It was hilarious. It's so, they're just so bad at special teams, and it's it's a part of the game. You have to yeah. look at Iowa State as well. They they don't have a special teams coach, really, and they're 7-5. and five mm-hmm. Yeah. With their I best team rehash. ever. I want to quickly rehash because we're talking about special teams. I just have to rehash this. I'm sorry about the Iron Bowl. We had to make a late fourth quarter field goal, and we did. We had to make a field goal in overtime at Auburn, and we did. Randy, the Bama kickers. I don't think you understand how big of a deal. It's it's not that. Come on, man. That's so. It's far gone. This would be like Wisconsin having an air raid quarterback. But I'm saying the kick six is almost a decade old at this point, man. You know, like, it's not even about the kick six. It's about the doink. It's about us doink. always having awful field goal kickers, and now we have one that we can trust. Well, there you go. Although, although early in the game, we did have a fumbled snap on a field goal that just ruined a field goal opportunity. I remember that. Pretty and cool. the freaking the fourth down, um, what it was, it was fourth and two, and the snap was low, so Bryce couldn't get it. So yep. of course, it was at his feet. Shockingly sloppy from Alabama, I gotta say, and that's what exactly. I mean when I say like they can't keep getting away with it. Like this is so uncharacteristic of Bama to, to have any mistakes, really. Um, I was just I'm surprised to see it consistently throughout this year. It feels like they just keep kind of making their own, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. Kind of tried to warn you. I consider myself warned officially now. <laughs> All right, do you are you guys ready to talk about Bedlam? I believe I am ready. Um, your thoughts, Axel Steve, as the local resident uh, Big 12 fan? LOL, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a nine-point lead going into the fourth quarter and just completely blew it. And they also had, what, they had four downs to get it. They were at, what, the 25-yard line? And they had four chances to throw it into the end zone to end the game, and they just couldn't do it. It, it seems to no. me as though Lincoln Riley was maybe a little bit distracted. I guess you could say, with one foot out the door. Certainly the not. I couldn't see why he's distracted. <laughs> As of the time we're recording this, Lincoln Riley obviously out at USC. Right By now, the way, it is 425 on Monday. So 
It is. That's yes. what news cycle we're dealing with. If anything is re- that happens after this is recorded, we can't really do anything about that. But. Right now, right now, it seems like Brent Venables is going to be the next coach at Oklahoma. No. but we have going to be Mark no Stoops. Idea. We have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I hope it's not Mark Stoops. Why? Why is everybody so against Mark Stoops? First of all, it's Bob's brother. <laughs> Well, second of all, he's built up Kentucky to be very uh, respectable, to be maybe the second best okay. program in the East right now. Okay. And it's Kentucky. Well, if Kentucky needs a head coach and they ask a certain person who used to be at Kentucky by the name of Neil Brown. Oh, no. He's gone. <laughs> oh, and no. I don't want that. <laughs> so purely selfish for that's, me. That's fair. That's fair. No, I, I think it's going to be Brent Venables. I, I believe the rumors. I do. Um. Regardless of who it is, I, I don't think Oklahoma's going to be a dumpster fire. Like, it's fun laughing at them now, but, you know, a, a, until they actually start losing games and have, you know, Texas-caliber seasons, they're still Oklahoma, unfortunately. But I'm enjo- I, I enjoy Bedlam. I enjoy seeing them lose. And, uh, man, I'm going to say, I am happy for Oklahoma State and their fans. Happy for Gundy. Happy for Maladroit. Happy for all the... He was so happy. OK State he fans. He was ecstatic. This he literally changed his flair to buy Riley. <laughs> Oklahoma State fans were over the moon. And hey, I mean, I get it. It's been I a long it. time. Been a long time. It's, it's, it's part of football. It's, it's a rivalry. They're really happy about the win. They're really happy to see this yeah. happen. Yeah. And, and you win 19 out of about 110, you got to cherish them. Exactly. And remember, this could be one of the last ever Bedlam's played. I don't know if they're going to continue uh, the series after Oklahoma leaves. That, that does scare me, to be honest. It, that that'd be a real tragedy. Another, to see. Yeah, go another away. victim of conference realignment. You'd hope they'd be able to schedule like a yearly, you know, like like Florida, Florida State do, where you have a yearly out of conference. But I, I don't know, man. I think there's it, Oklahoma. It seems like t- doesn't want to do that, from my understanding. Like I remember there were like tweets or rumors. Oklahoma about this, wants but to do it. It's Oklahoma State that doesn't want to. Is that and it? So I, Okay. Uh, so I talked to Maladroit a little bit about this, and yeah. he said essentially Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, they had been always – they had always worked with each other. They had always at least had a cordial relationship and worked with each other and talked with each other in terms of conference realignment, just seeing yeah. how things are going. And then they felt betrayed, and the reasoning was they felt like Oklahoma did this completely behind their back instead of talking to them about it. Right. And it's not that they like feel entitled to have any say in the decision. It's like – why are you going to build up this basis for working together and then go do this right. behind our bet? Yeah. Like, just don't don't work with us in the first place if that's how it's going to be. Yeah. So I kind of understand where they're coming from, but still. <laughs> Especially why they would be, be what is it, reveling in the schadenfreude of what happened with Riley leaving now, yeah. the way he left. Do you want to talk about that real quick? I think we have I think to. We this have feels to. like the biggest story of – the year as it's far just as... everything keeps happening while we're doing the episode it does so yeah. it's kind of hard to keep up well literally but... an hour ago there was an ou press conference with like bob stoops and everyone was under the assumption they were going to announce the next head coach but they did not we well they did happening. technically it's going to be bob for the yeah, uh for a game. This is the interim yeah for um, but essentially what happened is riley left the day after bedlam and then well if you look at all the current Oklahoma recruits that have now decommitted that Riley was recruiting, yeah. he has been recruiting since the beginning of the season very heavily and actually only in Southern California. And now he's taken the USC job. Mad so man. Oklahoma fans are a little upset that he – it looks like he used Oklahoma resources to recruit for USC. Oh my God. He, was, he was kind of planning that ahead. And it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like I, Oklahoma is getting treated the way every non-blue blood school gets treated. Yes. And they don't know how to react. And yes. I'm trying to take my blue blood lens off here for a second because, I mean, this is literally just how it is. He left as clean as you can hope a coach to leave if he's going to take a job he'd rather have. Yep. I just don't know what more you could really expect from him. He's uh, he's never allowed in Oklahoma again, speaking from experience, with one <laughs> Richard Rodriguez. Oh, who uh, we almost lost him too. a rivalry game and immediately decided to leave. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, how happy were you when he failed at Michigan? I was so happy. <laughs> this takes me back to when Brett Bielema left Wisconsin after winning the Big Ten. He went to Arkansas, if you recall, in 2012. And Barry Alvarez had to step in and coach uh, the bowl game. And I, it's it's really nice to see that exact scenario happen to another school, specifically another school that is a blue blood, and thinks they're above this happening to them. 
I think that's what makes me happy and many others happy is seeing like this thing that happens to so many programs that get screwed over happen to someone who on paper should not be screwed over, but be doing the screwing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, just gives me hope. There's like equality in the world. You know what I mean? I just the way I kind of look at it is I feel like Oklahoma fans have just as much of a right to be upset with Riley as LSU fans and Michigan State fans had to be upset with Nick Saban, which I think is okay, you can be upset, but you also have to understand it just is what it is. It's part of the business. I guess. It's just we can have objections to the business, I guess. Just a job. There you go. That's one way to look at it. I don't know, man. Like, obviously, if I was an Oklahoma fan, I would be just furious, like, depressed, insanely mad. But for everyone else, it's fun. It's fun until it happens to your school, basically. All right, folks. Shall we move on, then, um, to next week? Championship week? Looking ahead here? We got a handful of pretty good games that will obviously determine the fate of the college football playoff. Um... Started off, I guess, Friday night. Oregon versus Utah. 7 o'clock, Pac-12 championship. Randy. Didn't we just do this last week? Oregon versus Utah? Yeah, I felt like we just did this last week or two weeks so, ago. So, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Utah played them two weeks ago. <laughs> and one, what was it, 34-7? 38-7. 38-7. to 38-7. Dominated. Um, yeah, I got some notes shot down here for this game. Uh, obviously, the playoffs are kind of off the table for either of these teams. It looked like Oregon might be a playoff contender, but obviously then they lost to Utah in dominating fashion. That said, though, the winner of this game is pretty much guaranteed a spot in the Rose Bowl, which, in my opinion, there's still a lot to play for at this point, for, for both teams, really. Um, so I, I fully expect both teams to come up prepared, playing with a lot of passion and fire. Uh, but that said, I'm not sure who's going to win this one. Utah is favored by three points, it looks like, according to Vegas, but... In my mind, this is like a pretty even matchup. I know Oregon just got destroyed, but like, I, I don't know, man. I think it's hard to beat Oregon twice. That's how I'm kind of looking at this. It's hard to beat a team like Oregon, as talented as they are, as well coached as they are, twice in one season. I feel like they could have easily learned from the first game, and right. they're, they're going to have an idea of how to respond to it. I could see them winning, as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Utah by 30. 30! <laughs> All right. Again. 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 I mean, in Las Vegas, that's. I think there's going to be a good Utah contingent out there. That's that's true. It's going to feel like another Utah home game that's in uh, Allegiant. Yeah, I could see that. Actually, now that I think about it, Utah might be a bit more motivated too because they really want that Rose Bowl. That would mean a lot to them. Whereas Oregon, it's it's like back when Oregon, like in 2012 with Mariota. Remember when they they lost a game and then they're like. They were eliminated from the, you know, from from the national championship and just kind of gave up. I, they, maybe they gave up. Is how I'm looking at it. Like, well, hold on now. You guys make fun of us for having this attitude, and now you're letting Oregon get away with it. Well, they've they've done it historically. You must admit. I feel like Oregon's the kind of team that once people, they're out, people they say give it's up. a meme that we don't care about these types of bowl games if it's not a championship. But well, I mean, you're admitting that it's true. You're admitting that it's true. Well, it's true for Oregon. I don't think that's true for really any other Pac-12 team. But I think Oregon likens themselves to a playoff contender every year. And the minute they're not one, they just kind of give up. No, I think you actually, all jokes aside, you do bring up a really good point that it's, it's, it's hard to stay as motivated and as hungry as you were earlier when you know your ultimate goal for the season is off the table. Right. While Utah's ultimate goal for the season is still very much on the table, and yep. it all comes down to this game. Right. Utah's going to be a hungrier team. Ah, uh, man, I jotted down that Oregon probably wins this one, but now I'm having second thoughts. You know what? Screw it. Utah, Utah wins by a touchdown or two. <laughs> Did we convince you, Jimbo? I, I changed my mind. Yeah, I think Oregon's checked out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, moving on then to Saturday, the Saturday slate. We start off with Whoa, whoa the... we got a second Friday game, Jimbo. I... You don't want to talk about the great oh, Conference my... USA? I apologize to all the Roadrunner <laughs> fans out there. Oh, my goodness. Who are going to watch UTSA lose again? <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. I felt so bad for them. They lost their first game last week, and that would have been a really cool story for them to go undefeated. But Yeah, they got destroyed they, too, didn't they? They lost like 30 points or something. They did. They did. Yeah, the North and Texas. they almost lost to UAB the week before too. Uh, that's very sad. Um, I'm looking yeah. here. According to the point spread for this game is uh, Western Kentucky minus one. Vegas thinks this one's dead even. And I kind of agree. Yeah, I, think, I think Western Kentucky is going to – get this one they uh they actually played earlier in the year 
Uh, UTSA won 52 to 46. Very close game. You know, it is hard to beat a team twice. Now, when you beat the team by 31 the first time, it's a lot different than beating them by six. (laughs) True, true. So, give me Bailey Zap. Bailey uh, Zap. I am a Bailey Zap fan. I do like Bailey Zap. He he is first in the country in touchdowns and yards. Bryce Young is second. Anyway, um, so he's a very good quarterback. He transferred from Houston Baptist in FCS school, and he's done nothing but throw touchdowns. So props to him. He's been uh, keeping this Western Kentucky team afloat. And it looks like which, they won seven in a row, dude. Seven wins. Yeah, in a row. seven. They started out one and four, yeah. and then have won now won seven in a row. So they're on a hot streak. Yeah. It looks like their defense is playing a lot better, and that might be the, might be the difference in the game. Could be, yeah. Yeah, I think Western Kentucky just has more momentum at this point. I, I mean, Meep is very good. I think UTSA plays him close, but I think Western Meep, Kentucky Meep. probably wins this one. All right, moving on. You know what? You know what? I was going to preview the Big 12 championship game, but since we're keeping it, you know, G5 here, we're giving respect to our G5 friends. We're going to preview Maction. Kent State versus oh, yeah, Northern Maction. Illinois. The Mac championship. The Maxianship. Um, Northern Illinois is one of those teams. I feel like they if they had a set a different name than like a directional school name, they would get a lot more respect as a program. They're eight and four. They're generally pretty good. If you remember about 10 years ago, they had Jordan Lynch. Of course. Really good. Dynamic player. Dude, I, I knew a guy who, well, actually, I don't know him, but I, I knew a guy who knew a guy who played tight end at Northern Illinois. And he was offered a walk-on scholarship at Wisconsin. Chose to go a to walk-on NIU. scholarship. Hold I take, on. Wait, wait, you know what I mean? Never mind. Walk-on preferred, I should say. I got you. And uh, he chose NIU over Wisconsin. And this game was interesting because this is quite the turnaround season for Northern Illinois. They were winless last year, and now they're going to a conference championship game. And it shows how quickly you can turn around a program in college football. Especially in G5s, yeah. Um. Yeah, screw it. What about Kent State, though? What do we know about Kent State? I'll be honest, I know nothing about Kent State. I don't know anything they, about them. They're in Ohio, and they're one of those. Ohio has a ton of like small G five schools. They do because Ohio State's the only Power Five school. So, I mean, it just I don't know. Hey, Nick Saban's alma mater. True. That is true. True. Now, these two teams played earlier in the year. Uh, Kent State won fifty-two to forty-seven in exactly the kind of game you expect. A I think. Thriller. A thriller. <laughs> I, not a clue. This is Maction. Throw everything out the window. Who cares? Just anything can happen. To be, totally fair to, Kent State, <laughs> to be totally fair to Kent State, they are 7-5, and five, and three of those losses are to Power 5 teams. Texas mm-hmm. A&M, Iowa, Maryland. That's fair. It's a tough schedule for G5. Oh my God, that's September Maryland, too. Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't beat, beat that. that. No. <laughs> All right, you know what? Uh, I'm going with NIU. Let's go Huskies. That's the, you, know, you know the gif where it's like Maxion is magic? I'm pretty sure that's NIU, that, that dog doing the high five. <laughs> yeah, so, they're the, yeah, they're the Huskies. So give, me the, give me Kent State. I don't know. Kent State I'll take might NIU. Do. I'll take NIU. Right, there we have it. I remember playing with Jordan Lynch in NCAA 11, so I have to go with NIU. <laughs> All right, now, finally, let's move on to the game I was going to talk about five minutes ago. Baylor, Oklahoma State in the Big 12 Championship. This game has a lot a lot of implications, I would argue, within the playoffs. It seems like if Oklahoma State wins this, they're probably in the playoffs, it would seem. Or at least on paper, they have the resume to be in the playoffs. Uh, that said, because we're in a situation where, you know, Gundy needs to win this big game in order to advance to potentially winning a national title, I, I fear that fate is not on their side. And that Oklahoma is just going to have Oklahoma State's going to have voodoo against them, and that they cannot win this game. That's kind of my fear right now. I, mean, I share your fear. <laughs> I share your fear <laughs> you too. I was going to say I wanted I to know. come up with an argument against it, but I really couldn't. I... On paper, they should win, but I feel like it's not going to happen. You you finally beat your rival. This classic hangover game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that said, Oklahoma State. And Baylor did previously play each other earlier in the year. Again, we're seeing a lot of that this this conference championship weekend. A lot of repeat matchups. Uh, the Cowboys did win that game, twenty four to fourteen. Though I would argue the game was a little bit closer than the score indicates. Um, that said, that said, the one thing going against Baylor that no one's talking about that I think is going against them, Dave Aranda, their head coach, 
might have one foot out the door right now. I would not be surprised if he know. ends up as head coach at LSU, no. maybe even Oklahoma. I, I think he's going somewhere else. And I think I that think could have I think he stays at Baylor. I think he stays at Baylor. Why would he go to LSU where bigger program. the same level he's the same level of success he has at Baylor, even maybe more success would probably get him fired. I mean he did win a title at LSU. So think about that. He is beloved by by LSU. I know he hated Coach O. Maybe though they would want him as a uh, refreshing change of pace. I don't know. Sax, are your thoughts? This is tough. I Oklahoma State's the better team, I think. Mm-hmm. But God, it, I can't do it. I can't do it either. Give me Baylor. I, I I agree. I want I want Oklahoma State to win, and because of that, they're going to lose. That's how I'm looking at this one. I think Baylor wins by like a, a field goal. It'll be a heartbreaker. Like think the most painful way a team can lose a game. That's how Oklahoma State's going to lose it. That's my I prediction. could actually one up this. Here's my prediction: is I actually think Oklahoma State's going to win, but that the win's not really going to matter <laughs> in terms of the in. playoff picture because of whatever other chaos happens. Uh, I hope not, dude. They're actually really good this year too. Like they have a really good they're defense. Decent. They they have a good defense. They have an offense. I'm I'm not a big fan of their quarterback Spencer Sanders, but they have an offense that's good enough that they can put up points. I agree. Yeah, I think they sacked West Virginia eight times. Oh my lord! Yeah, they it have was, a very good D line. I I went to that game. I did not have a good time. <laughs> what was the final score? I did, I can't remember that one. I think it was twenty-one to th- yeah twenty-four to three. Yep, that sounds painful. We, yeah, we got a field only, goal on the first possession, and then the knock. The knock I will give Oklahoma State is that their first three games, in their first game, they almost lost to Missouri State. In their second game, they almost lost to Tulsa. In their third game, they almost lost to Boise State. Yep. But those are the first three games. They've improved a lot since then. They have. They have. But as far as resume goes, that might affect how their resume looks to the committee. <sighs> I hope not. I've moved past it. I remember like being very hesitant of Oklahoma State at the start of the year, but the fact of the matter is they've, they've picked up the pace, they've improved, they've beaten much better teams since then, and in my mind, it's made up for it. All right, shall we move on, though, to uh, what do we got here? Utah State versus San Diego State. Ranked San Diego State, might I add. Um, I'm going to be honest, I think this is going to be a blowout. I think San Diego State's going to win by like 30 or 40. Thoughts? Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. It's Brady Hoke, by the way. Brady Hoke, the former Michigan coach. Yeah, redemption. Is Hoke. the coach at San Diego State. He does. He does much better in a group of five teams than he does power five teams for whatever reason. It's just less competition, I'm guessing. <laughs> but I'm just. I'm looking at yeah. Utah State. It's uh, they're, they're they're what nine and three. They, they've gotten blown out a couple times. Meh, 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 meh. Yeah, give. Give me San Diego State. Give me San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State. We're going to leave it at that. In Carson, no less. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Poor guys. Poor guys. Well, win and get out of there, I say. All right. Up next at 2.30. We're just going down chronologically here. App State at Louisiana. Deceptive, I'll say. This might actually be a good game. I'm going to say that right now because App State generally plays pretty, pretty close games like this. They already played once this year, Jimbo. Oh, did they? At Louisiana, no less. Oh, and they got blown uh, out. I take it back. They got, they got blown, blown out. out. <laughs> 41 13. I was thinking back to like the Miami game when they lost by like two. That was a close one. Yes, yeah, those that? are their only two losses this year. Yeah. It was probably the only two games I saw, I guess. But interesting. Yeah, Louisiana, man. They have their only losses to Texas at the start of the year, and they've won their last 11 games. It's crazy. Imagine losing to Texas. I can't imagine that. (laughs) I mean, that said, though, um, God, is this just another classic case of you can't beat them twice? I don't know. I I wanted to say App State, but I didn't. I didn't realize Louisiana was eleven and one. I feel like no one's talking about this. So, who's Louisiana's coach? It was Billy Napier. Good point. Gone. Good point. Is he gone? Gone. Yeah, he's gone. Or is he coaching them still? Oh, is he? I see what you're saying. Is he? I'm literally looking this up. This is we are live and unedited, folks. I don't think he, <laughs> I think he is officially he's he's officially the Florida coach. If he's gone, 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 then it's gonna be uh, App State. That's so gonna be he my does prediction. plan to coach them this week. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, I could see them rallying around that and saying, as you know, a final little battle cry. I don't it, know. It can go one way or the other, right? It either really helps. They're either them gonna or completely really check them. out yeah. or they're going to, you know. 
Oh, this is just. A I think he cares about the players, and I think the players, to a degree, care about him. I see them rallying around him. I see Louisiana winning. All right, fair enough. We'll go. Yeah, Louisiana. give me Louisiana. Louisiana it is, folks. All right, up next, I, I was going to talk about Georgia Bam, but I feel like we should almost say it for last. That's like the cherry on top. Is that fair? I feel like that's the biggest game of the week by far. Say the one oh, last round. No, no you yeah, that's fine. Well, you, if, hey, let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Right, Georgia, Bama. Randy, okay. I'll just give you the floor. Yeah, go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the thing. I fully expect us to lose. We are <laughs> underdogs. But given what this year has entailed, given how the Iron Bowl went, I honestly at this point and completely – I don't want to say I'm fine with losing, but I've accepted that we probably are going to lose. And I'm happy that in a rebuilding year where we have a super young team and Georgia has a super veteran team – that we can still go 11 and one and beat all our rivals and be in this position. So I'm really just happy to be here given everything that we've had to deal with this season. We have one scholarship running back now, and it's the guy that almost died in a car wreck. So, I mean, we, we are really running on fumes. We're very, we're a beat up team. I mean, it's part of the game, but we have had a lot of injuries and they're not going to be ready for the game. Um, We have shown, we've shown flashes that we can beat them. If we can pull it all together, and I know I've been saying this every week, yeah. if we can pull it all together, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like the magical unicorn at this point. Is it ever going? Are we ever going to see it? And as I was writing notes for this game, I remembered the Ole Miss game. We have we have pulled it all together for a game before. It was the Ole Miss game. Our best win was also our best game. Ten and two Ole Miss. We were winning forty-two to seven in the fourth quarter, and it was just great play from start to finish. If we can somehow pull something like that together again, then I really do like our chances. But I don't see it happening. I would really like to see it happen. Well, And just with a young team, you're going to see sloppy, uncharacteristic play. Bryce is going to have to play hero ball. It just is what it is. And last note is I feel like Brian Robinson being injured might weirdly be a good thing for the team because it's going to finally force our play caller, Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator, to actually call plays to, to, to counteract a blitz. It's so frustrating because his entire playbook is just a super long developing pass plays when our offensive line can't block anything. It's uh, by far the weakest part of our team, and Bryce is running for his life every play. Randy. Thank every you 12-year-old that's ever played Madden Every 12-year-old that's ever played Madden knows to beat the blitz, you throw screens and hot routes, and he just refuses to do it. That's true. Uh, Let me start by saying that this game doesn't matter at all. Um, I think of of all the games... Don't say we're going to get in with two losses. We are not getting in with two losses. Of all the games that are happening this weekend, in fact, I would argue this is one of the least important. Now, I think this could be the most fun game, the most exciting game, the best game to watch, but it also matters the least because, yes, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens in this game. So I wouldn't get too up hung up if you end up losing, Randy, because um, you're going to make the playoffs. In fact, We're not I getting would, in with two losses. Okay, like I'm, in I'm interrupting you because this is like the biggest per- persecution complex <laughs> oh, the no. subreddit in the Discord has, that we're somehow going to get in with two losses. There's no precedent for it. We've been a two-loss team before and got the Citrus Bowl. There's just no reason to believe that it's going to happen, unless there's a ton of there, other chaos. A lot has happened. Oklahoma State. Yeah, you're this isn't a no year. Oklahoma State would have to lose. Michigan would have to lose. Cincinnati would have to lose. Plug in. So five thirty, it has a calculator, and you can like run out each scenario, and it'll give you the predictions, the odds, and whatnot. Even if, even if um, Alabama loses and Michigan wins and Oklahoma State wins and Cincy wins, which is a nightmare scenario for Bama. According to 538, they still have a 23% chance of making the playoffs. If if so much as Michigan loses or Oklahoma State loses or Cincinnati loses, in my mind, that's it's a lock. It's not even a question at that point. Uh, Bam is in. Um, so that said, that said, I don't want to get too distracted by that yet because I know we could get we could debate that for hours. Because of this scenario, even if even if Bama wins, I think George is also going to be in regardless. These teams know they have a very high chance of playing each other again. They, they, Saban knows it. Kirby Smart knows it. They, they might be playing each other again in the national championship or in the playoffs at some point. Because of that, I think they're both going to play extremely conservatively. They're not going to try and you know reveal too much of their hand. It's going to be like a heavyweight fight where both you know fighters don't want to don't want to show off their biggest right hook right away. You know what I mean? They're going to kind of hold their cards in their hand and wait uh, and, and and try to not use it if they don't have to. 
I really think that, dude. It's it's like NFL teams. They play each other twice in a year in, in conference. It's, it's going to be kind of like that. Uh, this is just the warm-up to the national title. That's we cannot afford to do that. There's absolutely no way we can afford to do that and have a chance of winning, though. That's the problem. And I get I get what you're saying. That I mean, if there no, if enough chaos happens, yeah, we could go to the playoffs, but we shouldn't. Re- we're not going to rely on chaos. Nick Saban isn't going to rely on chaos. I'm sure he's going to try to win, but I'm saying he might not go all out like he normally. Would. I mean, he's going to save his best plays for the right moments, exactly. and if he feels like he doesn't need to call them, he would he would call a less risky play. That's yeah. I guess that's what I'm kind of in at here. Saxel, your thoughts on this? I think George is going to wipe the floor with Bama 34-13. I don't see that. Wiping them. Do tell. Do tell. I just think you win in the trenches. I Stop Jordan Davis. I dare you. That's We're not going to try to stop him. We're just going to run every play away from him. <laughs> True. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I... I mean, I he's a giant might be the weak point. We'll, we'll see what Bryce Young can do. Here's the thing. Atlanta. Here's the thing. From a purely matchup standpoint, this is the perfect team for us to match up against because their weaknesses are our strengths. As far as like their secondary is a little suspect and their quarterback play is a little suspect while we have a little bit of a suspect secondary. True. If we can if we can key in on the run game and Stetson and force Stetson Bennett to beat us, then I kind of like our chances. I agree with that because I think Stetson Bennett is a, a far worse quarterback um, in, in this matchup here, and he really isn't. He hasn't been tested in a way that Bama's going to test him. I, mean, I, I fully expect Bama to like just bring the host, a lot of blitzes, put him under a lot of pressure, make him win the game. And I, I just, I don't have enough faith in him that he's going to be able to do that in that regard. Like, I think even if Georgia wins, it's not going to be because of uh, him letting it up. It'll be because it's a very, very close defensive battle that they won. You know Knowing I mean? how our games have gone, it could very well be the opposite. And it's somehow, for whatever weird reason, a shootout. That'd be fun. But I, I just can't imagine it being a shootout. I think, like, I think Georgia probably wins, like, 13 to 10. Like, something real low scoring, a lot of field goals, you know. We're, we're... Now, if it gets sticky, do you see JT Daniels coming in? Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, that'd be one hundred percent. I could see it. I could actually see where you're coming from because I could see it being similar to the Clemson game. Because in a way, even though it was Week One, the Clemson game weirdly felt like a playoff game in and of itself because they both knew how how big of a deal that game was in terms of playoff implications. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I, I could see it basically being a repeat of that, where like neither offense could just get anything going, dude. And it ends up being a, like just a, I'll be honest, kind of boring game as a result. I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect really out of this. I feel like it's uh, there's a large range of possibilities that could happen here. But I'm just hoping at, at a minimum we get something exciting. The one nice thing is that it, it feels nice to be able to watch this and not feel the pressure of the game. Because it's like when we're expected to lose and we know it's a rebuilding year and we know how young the team is versus this is their shot. It's, we were, we're playing with house money at this point. I'm looking. This is the first time in 92 games that Bama isn't the favorite in a game. And the last game was 2015 versus Georgia. Insane. I was at me and my PA, my poll assassin, were at that game, by the way. It was a torrential downpour, and we won, and it was beautiful. Well, there you go. Little old Bama. Never caught him Little out. Little old Bama. Never caught him out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we still have four more games here to preview. Um, up next is a game that, in my opinion, has actually pretty large playoff implications. Uh, Houston versus Cincinnati in the AAC Championship. Um the world is running for Cincy. Let's get out of the way. They're clearly the good guys of the season. I think we can all agree on that. Cincy is the feel-good story of this year. Um, that said, though, I think they're going to lose. Because, like, a similar case with Oklahoma State. They're too pure for this world. It's, it's, it, it lines up too perfectly for them to not to lose. <laughs> um, I mean, that said, Houston is a really good team, all things said. Uh, they lost their first game against Texas Tech to open the year, but have won 11 straight since then. In the AAC, which is a pretty decent conference, as we know, um, these teams are going to be the Big 12 in a, a couple of years. So they're good teams. This, this should be a good game. Um, real quick, some stats I wanted to bring up here, which furthers my point as to why this will be good. This is going to be a battle of two very high-flying offenses. Houston has the 10th best scoring offense in the entire nation. 
since he has the eighth best scoring offense in the nation. I think the biggest difference in this game is that since he has a little bit of a better defense, they have the third best defense by points in the nation, uh, whereas Houston has the 19th best, which is still pretty good, but it's not not quite elite. So again, on on paper, since he's the slightly better team, they they probably should win this by a touchdown or two. But I just, man, I got such a bad feeling. I got such a bad feeling that they're going to blow it and, and ruin it for all G5s everywhere and that a G5 is never going to get into the playoffs. It's kind of one of your... Based on, based on what you said earlier about Alabama's getting in no matter what, yeah. doesn't that force you to pick Houston? Well, I, I want... I, I, for I, chaos? I want Cincy. Chaos. I want Cincy, dude. I don't want any chaos. I'm saying, I'm saying Bama gets in without any chaos. That'd be the craziest thing. That, no. No? But... I, I could see Houston winning this game. It first of all, Houston's only loss was in week one versus Texas Tech. Yep. They have they are on an eleven game winning streak, so they're eleven and one. They're coming in. And I think people get a little too hung up on the exact win loss thing. And if you you really just need to I don't know I if this is a good way to put it, but just completely cancel out that loss. Don't even think about it and just look at the raw stats of these teams. Yeah. And when you look at that Houston matches up very well. They do. They have a pretty decent quarterback. His name is Clayton Toon. So I've never heard his name this season. 26 <laughs> touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 3,000 yards. That's I mean, good. those are pretty decent stats. He might actually be better than Desmond Ritter. And I really feel like that could be the difference in the game. I think it's going to be a shootout regardless. I think, I, I again, you know, since he has a good defense, but these are two of the best offenses in the entire nation. I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, which should be fun. Well, hold on, don't go that far with it. They're not. I wouldn't say that. Well, uh, scoring, I, I, you know what I mean. Within G five, they're the best. They're yeah, the best, two best yeah. G five offenses. So it should be high scoring, at least in my book. And their defenses are okay. I, I think since he has a really good defense, but I, I, I get it. G five, I get it. But at the end of the day, it's still pretty good in my book. Yeah. Uh, Saxo, your thoughts on this one? I think the biggest difference in this game will be coaching actually hmm. i uh perhaps i'm a bit biased i do not think dana holgerson is a good coach wow i can't imagine why i would think that <laughs> but they haven't they haven't lost yet except to texas tech and honestly it's dana and i think they're due give me give me cincy i hope so man i really hope so the world is rooting for cincinnati well, other than, other than maybe Randy, the world is rooting for Cincinnati. It's just a feel-good story, dude. It's a feel-good story. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm rooting for Cincinnati. I actually went to a Cincinnati game this year. They played really? Uh, UCF. Really? Yeah, I was headed. Uh, I was headed down to Texas to watch WVU TCU, and Cincinnati was on the way. It was the week before. I figured, heck, I'll go. It was. It was like thirty bucks. Dang. for a ticket. How, how was the atmosphere so, at Cincinnati? Did it feel like a P5 oh, school? It was electric. They were... That was week six-ish mm-hmm. against UCF. They... Oh, my gosh. It was 35-7 to 7 at halftime. They were thrilled. Well, there you go. There you go. Feel good, dude. It's the premier team in Ohio now at this point. This is Ohio's only shot at winning a title this year. It's got to be Cincinnati. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure here. <laughs> All right, keeping it uh, within Ohio, I guess you're well on the topic of Ohio. <laughs> We've got the Big Ten Championship, Michigan versus Iowa. Uh, let- I need to break some news about the Big Ten Championship while we're here. Oh, yeah, break it. I just saw a tweet, a live tweet. Yeah. It says, Valenti Show said, majority of hotel rooms and tickets in Indianapolis were gobbled up by Ohio State fans in anticipation. So out of spite, Ohio State fans are holding on to their rooms. Michigan fans are having a hard time getting rooms and ticket prices are going up. <laughs> so they're literally just holding on to their hotel rooms and tickets so Michigan fans can't go. Oh, my God. That's so Man, petty. I love Rivalry Week. It's so petty. They're so bitter, dude. <laughs> I, I'm so happy Michigan won, dude. I'm so happy. And I'm happy that Michigan is going to come out and utterly dominate a pretty mediocre Iowa team. Uh, let me make this perfectly clear. The only reason Iowa is in this game is because, unlike Wisconsin, Iowa did not play Michigan earlier this year, thus resulting in a loss. Um, Iowa has had a pretty soft schedule in my book, especially within their Big Ten play. Their hardest opponents they faced this year were 
Uh, Iowa State and Penn State, both 7-5. and five. Uh, Listen, dude, Iowa, they're like a less athletic Wisconsin. And Michigan destroyed Wisconsin earlier this year. I, I, I see no way in which Iowa even keeps us within like 21 points. I think Michigan comes out early, gets a pretty big lead, hangs on to it, wins comfortably probably by like 28, 35 points. It should be a pretty big blowout in my opinion. Iowa does not have a single ranked team on their schedule right now. It's true. It's true. Also, if you remember before the Wisconsin-Minnesota game, which determined who was going to go to the Big Ten Championship game was played, <laughs> I'm bringing up the shirts. Yeah, they apparently please. all had a bunch of shirts and were wearing the shirts that said Big Ten West Champions. And this was before they were considered the Big Ten West Champions. Had yes. Wisconsin beat Minnesota, that would have been it's, hilariously it's such, memed on. Such an Iowa move. It is so on brand for them. To the point, I wouldn't be surprised if right now they've already printed and worn their Big Ten champion shirts. Because this is who they are, dude. <laughs> they, they love to celebrate earlier. They celebrate earlier than any other fan base in the entire nation. I'm, I'm serious. They did dude. it in 2015 as well. 2015. Talk to your kids about an undefeated Iowa. Then they lose the Big Ten championship, get blown out, destroyed by Stanford in the Rose Bowl. Listen, dude, this this freaking fan base, they, they actually piss me off. Um, it's, it's, it's peak Iowa to get into this kind of game because someone else won it, not you. Um, so, yeah, I, I Michigan, listen, Michigan just had the best win of probably the entire season against Ohio State. I'm going to say that flat out. Uh, they're coming in red hot, probably one of the best teams in the country. Michigan by a mile. I agree. Iowa's not good. They... As a reminder, they beat Nebraska by seven because Spencer Petrus was able to stop being sick or hurt or whatever he was <laughs> just long enough to keep them in the game and have Nebraska, Nebraska it. They Nebraska it, yep. I mean, Nebraska was winning, what, like 26 to 10 or something like that, like in the fourth quarter? It, it, it was, was it was twenty one to six in the like, third quarter. Yeah, their game yeah. was. I thought close. they had their quarterback. I thought Scott Frost looked like an idiot for playing Adrian Martinez, and then the fourth quarter happened, and just yeah. no, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. It's funny because Spencer Petrus completes the unholy trinity of bad Spencer quarterbacks between him, Spencer Sanders, Spencer Rattler. That's true. Holy cow! A lot of and, Spencers. And all jokes aside, Petrus, Spencer Petrus is not good. No, no. He's just not. And their offensive play calling is awful. They don't have an Lions offense. Is bad. They don't have one. If you want to beat Michigan, you got to put up points. Simple as that. Because Michigan has a pretty underrated offense, in my opinion. they got a really good run game. It's so vanilla that saying they have a bad offense would be giving too much credit <laughs> to the fact that they have an offense. Like, it's so overly vanilla and just, they, they put I don't... Up- they put up seven points on us for God's sakes, and they're acting like they own the house. It's just it pisses me off, dude. It pisses me off. I I hate Iowa. I can tell. <sighs> that said, I'll be happy though when Michigan wins. So believe it at that. Uh, moving on, last conference championship game of the week. This one probably has zero implications in the playoffs, but it could be fun. Pittsburgh versus Wake Forest. Glad to see that Clemson is not in the ACC championship for once in what feels like forever. I'm like actually looking forward to this game, kind of. I'll probably be flipping between this, between this and the Big Ten Championship game, just because it, it might be a fun game to watch. I think it's a pretty evenly matched game, one that I think Wake maybe has a slight edge in, but I could definitely see Pitt winning as well. I know Narduzzi, his name has been thrown around for the Oklahoma job yes. and for the LSU job. Yes. So depending on how many feet he has out the door, that could impact the game. But we don't really know if he plans on leaving. I haven't heard. There's not really any smoke. Just he. Did, I don't really think he's. With all due respect to him, he's not a really big name hire. And schools like LSU, Oklahoma, they want really big name hires to come in and take over the program. I don't think Pat's there right now. Um, he's a good coach, but he's not. He's not that. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, but that said, though, Pitt. I mean, kind of pretty good this year. Ten and ten and two. I don't think people realize Pitt is t- a Can 10 win team. It? They have been riding off their quarterback, to be honest. I mean, their defense isn't horrible. They did beat Clemson. They did. Clemson, who, uh, Clemson, who has improved. They beat Tennessee, who is okay. Um, they beat North Carolina, Virginia, Syracuse to end the season. And, I mean, they, they are a decent team. 
I mean, the ACC is just kind of not that great of a conference when this is their best two teams. But hey. yeah, it's a bit of a down year. But looking back, man, if if Pittsburgh has hadn't lost to Western Michigan at the start of the year, they might be looking. Well, looking at playoff implications, they here. might be if they were. It was for that one loss, but or what if they didn't lose to Miami? Do you think there's any chance? No, nah, no, nah, I think I think no? a G five okay. loss eliminates you. But they could they could have lost to Miami and gotten away with it, but not not Western Michigan. That's true. Uh, Saxo, you can be watching this one. Oh my god, I I can hate watch this one. I <laughs> am about to become the world's biggest Demon Deacon fan. Dave Clawson, best coach in the country. There you go. Wake by a hundred. Wow, please. <laughs> I I, I don't it. know who Pitt could play to make me root for Pitt, but uh, <laughs> Wake Forest ain't it. Wake Forest ain't <laughs> put it. it that way. Hey, I'll say this: Wake Forest. Uh, as much as I've been crapping on them this season, they have a really good offense. They can put up a lot of points pretty quickly, and I could low key see this one being something of a shootout. Like we're talking like a fifty-four to forty-nine type of game. Uh, and I, I think in that type of game, I think Wake has the advantage. So, the more I yeah, think about it, I think Wake wins this one. Wake's worst offensive performance of the year uh was at clemson 27 points it's still pretty good that's, that's pretty that's good, still pretty good. Yeah. i think yeah. i'm gonna be honest i do think momentum matters and wake has kind of followed off a little bit a towards little bit. the end of the season a little bit and while pittsburgh is pretty consistent in who they are and what they do hmm. so i do like pittsburgh in this one that's fair i think it's gonna be close i think it'll be a close one for sure before we can wrap this up we have one more game to talk about here usc at cal at 10 p.m mind you 10 p.m. Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> Pac-12 after the dark. The day after the championship. <laughs> it, no, isn't it the day of? No, it's the the, the it's a Friday night, the Pac-12 championship. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Pac-12 this championship. It's Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, after after Michigan, Iowa's wrapping up, and Michigan's up by, like, 50, we can tune into USC at Cal at 10 o'clock and watch Lincoln Riley make his professional debut. Will he be on the sidelines for this? He's got to be on the sidelines at a minimum, right? Like he'll have to be there. I don't think he's gonna be coaching, right? But he'll be, he'll be there. I don't think he'll be actively coaching, but he's got him and him and uh, what is it? Alex French will be on the sideline. That said, this is at Cal, so it's not like he's gonna get a warm welcome from the fans. So actually, maybe he won't be. I don't know. What do you think, Sax? Do you think he's gonna be there? Uh, he's already in LA. He's you he gotta is. go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Just check it out. Check out your new tiny quarterback. Keaton Slovis. <laughs> He's going to the NFL. He's oh god, seventh round pick legend Keaton Slovis. Yeah, yeah. Mark that down. Uh, I I'll be honest. I I want to like. I, I realized today during all this news, all this cycle of, of Lincoln Riley, that you would think USC fans would just be completely unbearable right now, just obnoxious and gloating and celebrating. But then I realized. That there are no USC fans, and that's why I we're, not, that too. we're not seeing anything. I noticed I haven't seen or heard anything from USC fans, and you forget. So, oh yeah, they don't. They don't I guess exist. They don't watch football in the back. <laughs> so yeah. So like, in a weird way, like I'm kind of happy. Sorry, pro. Sorry, pro. Sorry, and pro. Well, I know you care about football on the West Coast, but but it's just kind of funny. Like I, it'll be interesting to see if Cal, like the student section, boos him or something. But uh, that said, I hope Cal wins. Just just as a big f you to to this whole situation, but. I mean, SC is bad this year, do I? I? I could see Cal winning this just because SC is like four and seven. They're, They're really both bad four and seven. They're, They're both, both four and seven. seven. Well, they me. were both four and six. And They're not even fighting for bowl eligibility. Pride's on the line. Yeah, Cal lost forty-two to fourteen to UCLA, and USC. My God, what did they? They lost thirty-five thirty-one to BYU. <laughs> I guess they. That's some fight. That's BYU. That's They're good. Fight. That's some fight. Yeah, I, I just but, don't know, man. <laughs> this is just sad all around. <laughs> give me Cal. They finally get their senior night. Give me Cal. Yeah, senior night. There you go. And it's a night game, dude. Yeah, I think there's yeah, going to be a lot of momentum going for Cal on that one. Let's go, Cal. Hey, as a sicko, I'm just happy. Dude, this I'll is just, a great week for I'll just take Cal. <laughs> no, I'll take USC. I'm going to take USC. Wow. I think they're going to be a little invigorated after the news. Maybe. A lot, lot to look forward to this weekend, that's for sure. Um, that said, that said, uh, thanks once again, Saxo Steve, for joining us here on Conference Championship hey, you're Week. You're welcome. It was fun having you. You're a silky smooth voice. Smooth like a saxophone, dare I say. Oh, of course. Um, Sexy sax band right here. Hell yeah, dude. Um, 
That said, I, I will be actively rooting against Pitt for you. All right, I'll keep you in my thoughts watching that game. Oh, thank you. Because um, we can't let we can't let them win after after your rant. Can't let them win. They can't. You can't let them win. <laughs> God, All right, they're the enemy of the people. They are. They are. Uh, and Randy, thank you once again uh, for for joining us here. It's fun talking about Bama. I wish you luck. Are you going to the game? I'm not going to the game. It's in Atlanta. I'm not going to bother. I saw tickets are insane. So yeah, they're going to be insane, and it's just not worth it. Not worth it. Just enjoy it at home, dude. Enjoy the game. Yeah. Good luck. I watched Bryce it. Young win the Heisman week after. Uh, it's you know. just a casual day for an Alabama fan. No big deal. Uh, yeah. For the rest of us, though, we'll be at home watching the games. So hope everyone has a good time watching these, and so for some fun, fun results. That's it, folks. Thanks once again. This has been the Podcast. Roll Tide. Palm Wisconsin. Let's go Mountaineers. <laughs>